0: Yeah, we've heard that you can sometimes maybe try wearing the backpack on your front if you have to. I mean, you look like a target, but at least it won't get slashed as easily. Do you also look like an idiot? Yeah, well, (laughs) that is the problem. Come on. (laughs) This is the Travel Freedom Podcast. I'm Tomo. And
1: I'm Mexi And it's time to collect your ticket to world travel and a location-independent lifestyle.
0: Every Thursday, we'll show you how we travel the planet in style, full-time, for as little as $200 per person per month. And every
1: Monday, we interview digital entrepreneurs who reveal the methods to creating a location-independent online income.
0: So subscribe on iTunes now and discover travel freedom for yourself with the Travel Freedom Podcast. This is Travel Thursdays, episode 025. We are in Marrakesh, Morocco. You can get show notes for this episode at travelfreedompodcast.com slash 025. In this episode, we get some quick tips from our resident safety expert, Phil Sylvester, about staying safe in Morocco.
2: And we talk a little bit of shit as well. So what most people think might be food poisoning or whatever is an actual factors, just run-of-the-mill traveler's diarrhoea.
1: And we explore the old medina of Marrakesh.
0: So if you want to drink the weakest, shittest cup of mint tea that you'll find in Marrakesh, but get a nice view whilst you're doing it, this is probably the place to come okay ladies and gentlemen hello hello
1: hello welcome welcome back
0: travel hacking time on a thursday yeah yeah let's start off we're getting back into our our big five travel expenses we talk about this a lot five big things that will control your budget and you have to make sure you have control of them so that you don't end up broke halfway through your trip so this week transport and we're actually talking about flights, because we haven't talked about flights, really. I don't think we've talked about flights on any episode before. No, we
1: spoke about choo-choo trains.
0: Yeah, we talked about trains, we talked about buses, I think. Blah, blah, car. Blah, blah, car, various other things. Obviously, flights is going to be a real major cost, especially if you've got to fly long haul, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, we start in Australia, and Jesus, that's so far away from anything on the entire planet. I
0: say it's far away, but we got from the Gold Coast, which is near Brisbane, to... Bangkok for like under $200 per person.
1: Yeah, actually the budget airlines in Asia are carving an incredible way for travelers to get all around the world. Yeah.
0: If you are in Australia, scoot, have some really good flights. Anyway, I'm getting really specific and obviously not everyone listening is going to be from Australia. There's loads of budget airlines. We're going to be talking about those in just a minute, but um, we know there's loads and loads of methods online. Everyone's selling books like how I got all my flights for free and like how to use miles to do this. And I don't that. know anything about that. We don't know anything about that. The point is that sure, if you maybe you're a business traveler and you can get your miles for free, because you travel so much, you can then use your miles to get a free flight for your holiday. Like, yeah, cool. We understand that happens. We don't get miles because we fly cheap all the time. We don't. Yeah, the
1: carriers that we use, they're, they're not accepting frequent flyer miles. No, <laughs> they're not so. hanging
0: out. They're not giving out miles, are they? No. So no. Um, I, what we really want to talk about today is our top three tips for getting the cheapest flight like any day of the week. No points, no miles, no standby rates, no tricks, no scams, no sort of you need to know the person at the desk or any of that crap. Just actually how can one person who's got zero experience <laughs> In travel hacking, just go out and get a much cheaper flight.
1: Yeah. So, one of the major things we use is a website called whichairlines.com.
0: Okay, so if you're on a regular airline service, then uh, you might find that they will not include budget airlines. We've seen it with a few of them. I'm not sure if Expedia still do that, but I think they used to cut out various budget airlines.
1: Skyscanner didn't always Skyscanner include them. some, to do but it, not all. But now yeah. they do
0: include them a bit more, but. What they also make you do with, say, Skyscanner is generally I don't think they let you break up routes. It always has to be a route that you can book as a complete route. So things that are going to save you money, which can also be a little bit dodgy, which is why you might want travel insurance, because if you miss a connection and it's two separate flights with two separate bookings, then you might have a problem and you get stuck somewhere and you've got to buy a last-minute flight. So it's a good reason to have travel insurance because, yeah, if you miss your flight, that's going to cover it. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, we've got 5% off on World Nomads. If you want to get World Nomads insurance, that's the best one. That's the one we like. Um, you can go to the link. Travelfreedompodcast.com slash worldnomads and use our code WN5DP.
1: Travel delays covered. Yes. Yeah, and that Sorted. means if you miss
0: a flight or a connection, they're actually going to cover I whatever. I totally it costs. did that
1: one time and it cost a freaking fortune because yeah. I was flying to Dubai. You picked up a and, last minute flight. Well, I thought I looked, I just looked at it and went, Oh, okay, it's a two o'clock flight. I didn't think for a second that it was a two AM flight. I was like, what flights go at two AM? I thought it was two PM. Totally missed my flight. <laughs>
0: flights do go at 2am.
1: Oh, I I didn't know. I was was much younger than what I am now. I was less experienced than what I am now. Now I know. I learned the hard way. Don't learn the hard way, people.
0: But still, this is a good idea. Uh, If you are going to do this sort of breaking up the flights to get a much cheaper deal, then having travel insurance covers your ass if something does go wrong. So that's awesome. If you're probably going to have travel insurance anyway, I would. I would. So essentially what Which Airlines does is they cover pretty much every budget carrier that I've seen is on there and it will build a route up. So you might end up on three different airlines, but you will get the cheapest price. The very cheapest, which is amazing. I mean, sometimes we use Skyscanner or Momondo is also quite oh, good. Oh, yeah, they're really good as well. Um, we look at that and we compare it to what which airline's almost always does a better price but sometimes you like for an extra 50 bucks I'm going to go with the one that's a bit more convenient.
1: Well yeah, but that's also another good thing. It's like don't just stick to one website. Go check out a couple of different websites yeah, and see around. what they've got on offer. You've got to shop around when it comes to flights. And remember to clear your cache every time you do shop around as well.
0: It's a rumor that might be true. I would do it anyway. That uh the flights go up if you look at the same like website 2 or 3 times in a row because they're like they're thinking about booking so we're going to put the price up to make them book now. It's a trick that may or may not be true so we're not going to commit to whether that's true or not but yeah, if you, can you clear, the clear, cache, go
1: and clear. clear the cache going clear on
0: your browser just doesn't hurt
1: because it clears out all the shit that's built up there anyway. Well, exactly.
0: Number two. Okay, tip number two. Go where the deals are and be flexible on date. Okay. So we
1: flew from Mumbai to London with Qatar, total five-star airline for $300 USD.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty amazing flight. Obviously, that had luggage included and that sort of thing. So Food
1: and stuff. Yeah,
0: and food's included. And this was like two flights that totaled sort of 15 hours plus yeah. a quick change at Qatar. So, you know, these deals do come up. And I think we actually found that one on Skyscanner, believe it or not. We did. Because it's just the more expensive airlines. They're easy to find on Skyscanner.
1: But at that point in time, we hadn't even really made up our minds that we were going to Europe or if we were going to still stay in Asia. But when they came up, we just jumped on it. It was a no-brainer.
0: Yeah. It's like, well, hell, at that price, let's go to Europe. Let's do it. Because otherwise we'll just be staying in Asia forever and we'll never get to Europe. And yeah, uh, we were a bit tired of India at that point. Shh, don't tell anybody.
1: It's all on the blog.
0: It's all on the blog. But um, yeah, so also when we were finishing up in Portugal house sitting a couple of months ago now, we decided we we're going to go to Morocco because we could fly to Marrakesh for $25 per person. Ryanair. Nice and cheap. Yeah. Wow. Bada-boom. Yeah. Seville. We flew from Seville out to Marrakesh for 25 bucks. Yeah.
1: So we love discovering unexpected destinations. And that's why we ended up here in Essaouira on the west coast of Morocco, rather than in a more typical destination like Fez. Yeah.
0: We could have stayed in Marrakesh, but we're like, fuck it. You know, we flew flown out to Marrakesh. We've got a really cheap flight here. Let's get a bus for $7 yeah. out to somewhere else. And lots
1: of people had recommended Essaouira as well. And you know what? It's a kick-ass little place. We're so glad we came yeah. here. Yeah.
0: Really chilled out. Much easier going than Marrakesh. And more affordable as well.
1: Yeah. So if you have the time, it's also really good to search by week or month. So you can see they have little scales where, you, like, little, I'm trying to do line It's like a bar hands. chart. Bar chart, Where exactly. you can see
0: the weeks and the months. So you can see
1: where the cheapest day is. And if you have the flexibility, then you can go, ooh, I can fly on that day because it's way cheaper than the rest of the week. And if you are
0: living a travel freedom lifestyle, you are going to have the flexibility. Because yeah. most of the time, you're going to be free to travel wherever you want. 24-7, 365, which is the whole point, yeah, really.
1: That's the absolute benefit of not having to work around work dates that they've given you off. You have a freedom lifestyle where you're like, oh, it's really cheap to fly there. I've always wanted to go fuck let's go.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that it's a really good reason to become location independent. A lot of people think location independence is just purely being a nomad, but really it is just about having freedom. So if you work in a regular job and you can only get two weeks off a year to travel, that's really annoying. If you have a freedom lifestyle, even if you stay at home and just blog from home, you can just jump on a plane when you see a good deal and go, which is awesome. Okay, number three.
1: Know your budget carriers and be the first to know about discounts. This is a big one.
0: Yeah, a lot of these budget routes, maybe they only fly once or twice a week. It's not just a situation where they've got daily flights like some of the bigger ones have. And that's why they're so cheap. They fill up those flights completely before they take off the best they can.
1: Yeah, so in order to get the first in information about when these cheap flights are, you need to be on their email and Facebook lists.
0: Yeah, get price alerts, find out about the deals the second they come out. It's really, really useful. We get alerts from Ryanair, we get alerts from loads of other airlines. So go out, look at which airlines are relevant to the destinations you want to travel to and make sure you're on that email list so you can get the first best price and it's just good to know which ones are available anyway because like we know that air norwegian or norwegian air it might be called i can't remember it's the same thing you'll find it if you search yeah, air for
1: norwegian. it yeah, it might
0: be uh, but they've got flights from new york to bangkok for between three and four hundred dollars oh, they're
1: like the hottest budget airline going at the moment everyone's talking about that
0: yeah because they're doing long haul on a serious budget yeah whereas a lot of the other ones that are budget they're all short haul flights so yeah a price like that is pretty damn hard to beat really but if you've seen anything cheaper if you can get from New York to Bangkok for less than $300 using a airline other than Norwegian, please email us. Oh, we'd love to know. We hope to be going back to Bangkok in a few months' time. And although we're not going from New York, we'd still like to know which other airlines are doing amazing deals. It changes
1: all the time. And it you've got to be in the know. And this is why we've got like an open conversation so people know when the best flights are at the best
0: times. Yeah. So email us info at travelfreedompodcast.com if you know about any other amazing airlines that are doing long-haul flights. Mm-hmm. And we'll try and bring that up on the next episode we do that's anything to do with flights. Okay, so coming up later on, we've got some local recordings from our time in Marrakesh. But right now, we actually had a chat with Phil Sylvester. He's our safety expert, resident safety expert here on the Travel Freedom Podcast. And before we came to Morocco, we had a little chat with him about some of the stuff that we should be worried about and try and avoid getting robbed and what his top tips were. So let's jump into that interview right now. Okay, we are talking to Phil Sylvester again this week.
1: Morocco is currently listed as a travel with caution with, was it Smart Traveler? Australia, which is where we're from and where world nomads is from.
2: Yeah, so hi again, Phil, welcome back to the show. Guys, great to be with you again. I can say I'm dead jealous, Morocco. It's on my bucket list, haven't made it there. It's gonna be
0: awesome. We're literally just leaving on a flight in a few days. So it's good that we're speaking to you now. We're gonna get the tips before we land. Okay. So this is gonna make our travel a lot easier. First of all, let's talk a little bit about women's safety because obviously I'm traveling with Meg. I know a lot of people listening to this show might be traveling by themselves. If you're in Morocco, what sort of expectations do you need to have? How do you need to act as a woman to be safe?
2: Okay, cover up a little bit, you know, long sleeves, don't wear skimpy shorts. It's a very conservative country. Um, Attitudes towards women are not what you're used to at home. So it's show a bit of respect to the place. Try and dress a little as the locals do and just cover up those bare shoulders and the knees and what have you. It's the usual, we talked about this the other week, it's the usual expectation. Women traveling on their own are considered to be of loose morals. So, you know, try to give signals contrary to that try and dress like a woman of high morals would dress which means you know covering up another top tip get a scarf which you can you know pull over your head and or if you wear it Berber style you know like wrap it around your head and whatever, you you'll blend in a little bit more as a knowledgeable local yeah and you can probably grab one of those from the local market which they're called sooks there i think
0: so i mean we like to go to the markets and get cheaper clothes when we're in countries like that, where it's very affordable to shop. We like to go and see the foods, but we're also aware that these sorts of places is normally where the pickpockets hang out. So what's the best sort of tips for going to the markets and staying safe there as well?
2: okay the souks of morocco are notorious for petty thieves you you know bag snatchers pickpockets they are rife throughout them and that's because people like you keep going there whoops <laughs> <laughs> we, we want to go there okay. it's it's interesting place to go yeah sure i know but like travelers attract petty thieves i mean you're relatively rich and pretty easy targets so you're going to have to be on your marks with keeping things tucked away keep your camera in a bag take it out to take the photo put the camera away don't walk around with it around your neck and make sure you've got your passports and your money and what have you in money belts under your clothing or deep inside a pocket at the front and for heaven's sake leave the backpack at home it's you know number one signal that you're a tourist because you're wearing a backpack and i'm presuming that like me you do not actually have eyes in the back of your head so it's absolutely the worst place to keep anything valuable
0: yeah we've heard that you can sometimes maybe try wearing the backpack on your front if you have to i mean you look like a target but at
2: least it won't get slashed as easily do you also look like an idiot yeah, well, <laughs> that is the problem. I mean, we, we, don't take, we don't take backpacks out with us anymore. Have you but... ever seen anybody on a fashion runway of Paris with a backpack on the front? Go buy another bag.
0: I haven't seen that many travellers that look like they should be on a fashion runway anyway. No, we
2: all look like shit. Yeah,
0: we've only got like six pairs of clothes, so (laughs) we're pretty limited for our fashion sense, unfortunately.
1: Also, these socks can be real mazes to get around. What happens if you just get completely disorientated and have no idea where you're going? What should you do?
2: I'm going to start a minute from Mars Women from Venus argument, all right? Guys, generally I find, tend to know that when you're in Morocco, if you're facing the sun, that's south. Yeah. all right you know <laughs> this is something i try to tell her all oh, the time she doesn't believe me it's awesome isn't it It always starts a really good argument I like <laughs> look try to spot some landmarks there'll be some minarets somewhere there'll be something that you can maybe try and spot a bit hard in those little alleyways and what have you most accommodations in the old towns will give you a map ask somebody at the front desk to mark on the map where you are and you know a few sort of um you know landmarks that you'll maybe find like you know say if you get to this point and you are near where the mosque is you you know come back this way whatever get some some tips from locals about how you can get your way through there. If you get completely lost inside the souk, most Moroccans are incredibly friendly people and they know that tourists contribute an awful lot to their economy and, you know, most of them are generally honest people as well. Pop into a shop, ask for directions. You may get sent to his cousin's rug shop somewhere else, but eventually you'll make your way back to your home. Cool, yeah, good advice. Now, I want to ask you a question, a specific question.
0: When I was in Alexandria, in Egypt, we were doing a bit of a walk around, just, you know, spotting out landmarks and finding things to see. And I started trying to take this photo of this goat and this Egyptian guy ran up to me, he was like, this is my goat, you pay me, you pay me for photo. <laughs> that was, was hilarious. I was like, you are kidding me, it's a goat. This happens in Egypt, does this happen in Morocco as well?
2: Well, you know, taking photos of family members, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay, hopefully no Moroccans <laughs> listening to this. Um, No offense. Look, it goes along with the petty thieves, the opportunity, and, you know, all pun intended, to fleece a tourist for oh, taking a oh, shot oh, of oh. your goats.
1: Oh, I see where you're going with that Yeah. <laughs> it's...
2: generally if you're taking photos of people or their shops or whatever they're you know like here's an opportunity they're gonna ask for a, a dollar or two carry some coins in your pockets or some you know low denomination bills call it an unofficial tourist tax and pay up uh, yeah
1: fair enough
2: uh, fair enough yeah we're gonna stick with the tourist tax okay
1: now, let's talk you about something it. that we really really like we're gonna to want to do when we get there and that's gonna eat everything we see and, and get our hands on so what is the... I've heard a few travel safety people go, ah, don't eat the food in Morocco. You'll just end oh, up crapping yourself your whole trip.
2: So they not go to Morocco and not eat Moroccan food. Why are you going? Oh, I they're know. just going to
1: eat, you know, chips and egg and, you know...
0: We've seen it before. People just eat chips and egg. It's go terrible. to McDonald's
1: if, and KFC. <laughs> I hate those people. Stay home,
0: make room for others. We want to come and eat. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Well, we've got
2: loads of street food tips, but we'd love to know what your sort of street food safety tip is. You know, the cook it, peel it, boil it, you know, whatever it is. That's always a pretty good rule to go by. And if you're buying something, some street food, Ask them to prepare it freshly for you. Don't have anything that's been sitting around for a while, having time to get the juices going. <laughs> get them yeah. to cook a fresh one for you that, you know, you can see it cooked right in front of you. If the person at the store doesn't want to do it, go to another store. Oh. Go to the one where the guy will help you out. And mostly, though, I actually have a friend who travels quite a lot and he has this theory, as soon as he arrives in a foreign country, he goes straight to the tap and drinks a big glass of the local water because, you know, oh, I've got an iron constitution and, you know, if you, you're namby-pamby about it, you only invite weakness. I used to think he's nuts, but <laughs> especially drinking water. But look, there is a certain truth to that as well. If you yeah. only ever eat egg and chips, you're probably going to get sick somewhere. Funnily, that trip I had in Indonesia, I told you about last time we were on, the only time I got the runs from something was when we went to a Western hotel and had Western food. The rest of the time we were eating from street stalls and local restaurants, and the food was fantastic.
1: Same old yep. story.
2: Same old story, you know? Like Yeah, it. we've had the same. Mostly you, what you get, traveller's diarrhoea, you get. Mostly it's because everywhere you go, the water you drink, even if it's safe to drink, has some sort of, you know, bacteria or microbes in it. You'll just happen to be used to the certain cocktail you get at home. You go somewhere else and the cocktail is very slightly different. It's not particularly harmful to you, but it's a slightly different cocktail and it will take your stomach a day or two to get used to it. So what most people think might be food poisoning or whatever is a actual factor. just run-of-the-mill traveller's diarrhoea. So pack yourself a proper traveller's medical kit. Make sure you've got a gastro. kid in it if you need to you can you know if it turns into full-blown food poisoning or what have you you've got an antibiotic in there you've got electrolyte to rehydrate yourself which is the most important thing by the way what getting the runs the most dangerous thing is you're going to get dehydrated so make sure you take electrolyte with you you're probably going to get the runs sorry about that you know do
1: your best carry on have a cup of concrete and harden up and that's it get on with it
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if you do get the runs and you end up in hospital, I guess your insurance company would cover you for that sort of thing. That's
2: like unavoidable travel problems. So no need to worry about that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. You go to the local clinic and you get an antibiotic shot or and they load you up, you know, electrolytes to take with you. Put in the claim. We've got yeah. you. No problem. Perfect.
0: All right. Thanks again for joining us, Phil, for some tips on Morocco. That's all right. And we'll probably speak to you again. Fantastic. Yeah. Send cheers. me host postcard. We'll do. We would do, but every time we try to send postcards,
1: we never do. I'm carrying postcards from Paris. We were there in August. I swore (laughs) I would send them to my family and we're
2: still carrying them. All right. I'll tell you what then. Get on the World Nomads Facebook site and post a picture of something delicious you're eating in Morocco. We can do that. We
1: can do that for sure.
2: Cool.
0: So that was Phil Sylvester, our resident travel safety expert, who of course works with World Nomads. And as you know, we've got our regular discount 5% off your insurance policy with them. If you use our code, travelfreedompodcast.com slash worldnomads, that's the link and the code is WN5DP and then you get 5% off. Now we've also got a quick announcement for World Nomads because they've actually got a scholarship program going on right now, right?
1: Yes, there is a brand new one that you can get involved with. So if you see see yourself as the next Ernest Hemingway or...
0: Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I do.
1: If you are an avid travel writer, then this is going to be the scholarship for you because you can win a 10-day road trip where you write across the United States.
0: Ooh, okay, road trip. That sounds pretty good. Absolutely. And And they're paying for this, right? They're paying
1: for it. It's a scholarship. You win everything included. Plus, you also get mentored by a Lonely Planet author when in San Francisco. Now, San Francisco is freaking amazing, so I would enter just go to San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I love it. But
1: not only that, you get a 10-day road trip, plus you get mentored by someone from Lonely Planet. Now, we know someone who won this last year, actually. Jazza from Nomatosaurus actually won it. He had a fantastic experience and said that the benefits from actually going on this trip were just immense for his travel blog
0: well it's not just about the writing skills is that it? it's also been about the networking opportunities that have come out of it
1: absolutely so it's not just world nomads but it's lonely planet as well so what they're looking for is they've got three scholarships to give away you get the 10-day road trip including a $3,000 USD account to spend on food transport activities and accommodation round-trip airfare travel insurance of course is included and all you have to do is, is enter it
0: you can get more information on that competition right now by using our link travel World Nomad's Road Trip. Okay, well now it's time to do our destination feature and we're in Morocco.
1: After we arrived in Marrakesh, we set out to explore the Medina, which is the old town
0: of... It's the crazy, sprawling mess of streets right in the middle of Marrakesh. You uh, will get lost. Oh, we got lost quite a few times. It's but crazy. It,
1: it's just uh, stalls. It's all these different stalls that are all selling different things, but the same things. Yeah,
0: everything's really the same. But it was interesting because you see so many products available. And actually, a lot of this stuff really is handmade and handmade very locally. Cause yeah, you can find
1: the area where you can see them actually making it, which makes it a much better experience i think you know it's not just being shipped in from china
0: yeah and there's so many beautiful lamps and we actually stumbled into the metalworking district where they make them we're in the souk el hadarin which is like the metalworking area so when you come to the souks around Marrakesh, it's not just all shopping the things that you buy at those shops are actually being made here on the whole as well so all the lamps and all the all the metal pots and things that you see around. You you, can
1: actually see the people intricately hammering in every single little design that are on every lamp or on every pot and it's really incredible. We also just came through the leather area where you can see them making all of the shoes and the little day slippers that they make so it's really interesting way to see how they make it not just see it in the shops
0: yeah and I guess if you come to this part of the of the markets you might be able to get a slightly better deal than going to the area where all the tourists are although there are still a lot of tourists wandering around here but um yeah you might be able to bargain something better because you learn it from the guy who made it rather than buying from the guy who bought it off the guy who made it. But yeah, it does go to show, it goes to prove these things are genuinely handmade. We can see him doing it. After a hard day wandering around shopping, not that we really buy stuff because we, we're location independent. Window shopping. We're minimalist, window shopping. Uh, when it starts to get towards sunset, everything gets a little bit more lively.
1: Yeah, that's when people really come out in Morocco, especially Marrakesh. And they all head to the central square where there'll be music playing and then there'll be certain games you can play. And to view all of the the city come to life is such an important part of visiting Marrakesh.
0: Yeah, it's really amazing just to get up on one of those roof terraces, which is what we did. Though you will pay a premium for your cup of tea. Yes, this is what you really pay your two euros for is to sit on the edge of the mountain
1: the drumming and the
0: dancing and the, and, and the if you've monkeys. got a long lens on your camera, you can get sneaky paparazzi shots of these people who would normally try and charge you. Exactly, so. Yeah, so if you want to drink the weakest, shittest cup of mint tea that you'll find in Marrakesh, but get a nice view whilst you're doing it,
1: I don't know if this is probably visit. the place to come.
0: sells the same food
1: yeah it was like one dude sent to us the other night
0: It doesn't matter which store you go to, you're going to eat exactly the same. One of the things that actually became a mini tradition for us, because I think we did it three out of four of the nights we were in Marrakesh, was going for dessert and tea.
1: Yeah, so generally, Morocco was known for its mint tea, but this was a spiced tea.
0: Loads of stuff in it. We're going to talk a bit more about that in our live clip in just a second. but yeah you have to do this experience and it's right in the center of the medina so it's very easy to actually find and all the carts are numbered yeah the number 72 was our guy and here's a little bit more from our experience so we're right in the heart of the Jemaa el naar the main square and surrounded by food so you've had your meal. You go for desserts. They've got these little dessert cards. We're at uh, cart number seventy-two. They're
1: actually not really just dessert cards, They're no more than big tea cards. they are. Uh, they don't serve the mint tea like you'll get in the restaurants. It's actually like a, a cinnamon ginger kind of tea. Mm,
0: yeah, it's got nutmeg in it, maybe a bit of cardamom as well. It's a real sort of winter warmer. And I don't know, I think it is like a dessert card because it is more of a dessert tea. True. It's a really sort of, really nice, warming flavour.
1: Then he has a whole bunch of sweets along the front of the cart as well, so... It's like this big brown fudge looking kind of thing, and he just scrapes it off like you would a, a scoop of ice cream. And some of it's covered in coconut, and some of it's covered in, I think
0: it's like
1: sesame seeds or something.
0: Yeah, maybe. It's very sweet. Yep, it's a sweet, rich, brown, spicy dessert. And you get a little serving for 50 cents, which is enough for two people to round off a sheep's head meal. Or another sort of meal, you don't have to eat sheep's head, there are sausages on offer as well. You can also have tagine, various breads. Grilled meats, obviously grilled meats, nice and simple, everyone's selling the grilled meat, chicken and lamb mainly.
1: But definitely worth coming and having a tea at the end, because it's really nice, really flavorful.
0: I think the, the uh, spiced tea and the, the dessert is some of the best food I've had in America so far. Yeah, yeah.
1: everything else has been pretty lacklustre. Yeah, but this, I'm actually happy to come back at thirds, however many nights we're here.
0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's almost the end of the show.
1: Yes, it's travel homework time.
0: Well, we mentioned earlier that you need to get on the email alert list for pretty much every relevant budget airline, even for major airlines, because some of them, as we said, like Qatar, sometimes they do amazing prices.
1: Um, Etihad as well do Etihad. a fantastic price sometimes. So get on the airline lists of the airlines that you're interested in and be the first to find out about their flash sales. That's what they tend to be called.
0: Yeah, because they sell out real quick when they do that. They have those sort of, you know, super redu- reduced flights. Yeah. And you need to get on that straight away. And they give that
1: information to their followers before they give it to any travel agents or anyone like that. So if you are following them, you're going to know much before anybody else. Book it, get it, go on it, fly it.
0: Fly. Thanks for listening to the Travel Freedom Podcast.
1: Show notes and resources for this episode are waiting for you at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. So
0: join us again for Money Mondays to learn how to supercharge your online income.
1: Or for Travel Thursdays, where we will help you travel like a prince on a pauper's budget.
0: We are waiting for your comments and feedback, so tweet us at MyTravelFreedom. Or email info at TravelFreedomPodcast.com. I'm Tomo. And I'm Megsy. Catch us again on Mondays and Thursdays on the Travel Freedom Podcast. Bye for now.
1: Bye.